Welcome to the Indie LA Podcast. So when they see your name or they see your face, they're going to remember you. Everybody works with everybody. So don't burn bridges, put in the work. And personally, I think it's okay to put your dues in first and then get it back later. All right, we're here back in the studio with uh, Indie LA Productions, and we have Sarah May Agnew with us, actress, uh, screenwriter. Sarah, uh, thank you for being on the podcast with us. Welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks so much. Yeah, so Sarah, I just want to jump right into it. Um, I know you as uh, pursuing acting. You know, we met like a few years ago. Um, we stayed in a place together in North Hollywood, and you were really like grinding, like coming after like this acting thing. How did you get started into that? And like what influenced you to, to pursue that? I got into acting when I was like seven years old, um, doing local theater in Michigan. And there's this old, old theater there. I think it's like the second oldest one in the United States. Wow. And when my friends, their family was big into acting, I was into, or my family was into sports. I was horrible at sports. So I got dragged along during the auditions and they asked me to audition on it. And I auditioned and I couldn't hear like I couldn't hear myself sing at all. I think I sang happy birthday and I was so shy. <laughs> and the director asked the pianist, like, do you want to do it again? And she's like, no, 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 it's fine. So since then, since like that defeat and the embarrassment, I'm like, I'm going to be the best at this. I'm going to get way better at this. And throughout my childhood, I learned to sing. I learned to act. I was auditioning more and I fell in love with it. Oh, seven years old. Like that's pretty young to yeah, like find a passion. It's cool that you had that realization at such a young age. I don't know if I realized that would be my living, but at that time I was going to prove everybody wrong. Yeah, even even it's just that you wanted to take it and run with it. And Oh, yeah. I mean, once I actually was able to get over my fears, I absolutely loved it. So mm. it's definitely something I ran with. Um, and then in college, when I was going for broadcasting, um, I ran into an acting coach out here that worked with me on a monologue I did for an audition, and he liked my style. And he's like, well, if you're going to act and you're going to do this, you got to come out to Hollywood. That's the only place that you can make a living off of acting. So after graduating, because I only had like two semesters left, um, I moved out here three months later and pursued acting and worked with him for a little bit, worked with a few other acting coaches. Haven't left since. Yeah, wow. Mm -hmm. um, so let, let's go back to uh, some of your experiences as a, as a young actress, you know, when you're like a kid. Um what was like a what was like a role like for you that you can remember like um like playing or like practicing or you know like like who did you look up to at such like a young age? People I looked up to a lot of the male actors I actually looked up to just because they were getting the roles that I wanted. It wasn't all just the love interest roles. Um, the stereotypical ones that are still around like Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, if I did have to find a female, it'd be like Meryl Streep. I loved her work. Um, Jack Nicholson, I loved his work. Um, and then I'd watch like really old, old films like like Gone with the Wind and like artists around that period of time. Mm -hmm. And anything that I saw, I just kind of absorbed and adapted. And I didn't know at the time, but I also watched a lot of Lucille Ball and I didn't ever gravitate towards comedy at all. But now when I do comedy and like acting classes, I have every single instructor say like, oh, you're like Lucille Ball. Hmm. Like that's your style. And so at some point I picked up that style for acting. Okay. 
And did you uh, did you play in plays like when you were when you were younger? Did you perform in that kind of thing? Oh yeah, several musicals, plays. One of my favorite ones was um, Rumors. I played Cassie Cooper, and it's not the role I wanted at all. It wasn't like that standard comedy role, but mm-hmm. the director just kind of let me like go with it, and I fell in love with that role because I could just be this really. Uh, she kind of like married into money, and she was. She had some feelings, but she was believed into like the crystals and she believed in naturalistic, like healing wise, but still being very Paris Hilton like. Okay. In a period piece at that point. Um, and I love that. So I was able to adapt into like, the, the plays more than the musicals itself. And that's where I decided, I'm like, oh, Broadway's not my thing. It's more of movies. Okay. Interesting. Do you, mm-hmm. do you feel like you're drawn to the more comedic roles? I find myself getting casted in more comedic roles. Okay, okay. I would love the drama roles. I feel like I do best in dramatic roles. However, comedy comes very easy. And there's usually more freedom in the comedy where dramatic roles, it's all do this take 70 times and it's all the exact same way. In comedy, you can kind of play around with it and play off of your scene partners. So I do enjoy that. Okay, nice. Cool. So, you know, you had this uh, this acting coach, you're saying, like like a mentor of yours suggests Los Angeles, right? They mm-hmm. they told you, like, Hollywood was the only place you're going to make money in, like, this field. I guess, like, w- when you came out here after school, like, was it everything that you expected it to be? Like, did it take some, you know, time to get used to the, the culture, your surroundings? Like, how was it when you first moved out here? When I first moved out here... It was a culture shock. Like, I grew up in a small town. I love my small town. If I could still work today and be in my small town, I would 100% would be there. Um, But for a big city, L.A. is great. Like, it's I feel more at home in L.A. than in New York or Chicago or Atlanta. So that fit well. The first six months, though, like, was really, really hard. I was depressed at times. I didn't know anybody. There was zero people out here I knew other than my acting coach. Um, and he helped me get to know a few other actors that he had brought out here, but it was, it was a rough transition and eventually I found my footing and like my right groups and getting involved. So it, now it feels like home. Yeah. Now so, I can easily call it home. Yeah. You moved out here without knowing anyone really. Not a soul. Yeah. Not a soul. Did you ever go through that moment where you're like, maybe I should go home. Maybe this isn't it. <laughs> Maybe that first week coming out here, like my parents helped me move out and they stayed with me for a week to find an apartment. And as soon as they left, I'm like, oh, crap, like (laughs) this is real. I don't know. It's happening. (laughs) I'm not sure if this is going to stick. And talking later to like my family and friends, they're like, yeah, we honestly thought like a month passed. You're still there. Six months passed. You're still there. Okay, so I guess like you're probably going to stay there. Um, But there was several times those first six months. I'm like, I might move back. I don't know if this is gonna this is gonna work out. Well it, it sounds like it is working out for you. Yeah. It's working out now. I just had to wait. <laughs> it took a long time, but I, I just had to wait. So how how important was it for you to build those connections with people? You said that you came out here the first six months were rough, but then you were able to um a, as you say meet your your people and sort of like your group. Like what was what what was that like? Like tell me about how you met some people that kind of like shaped your career. I've met some people that have shaped my career and there's been good influences and bad influences. And I would say there's a lot of people that have been both of those mm-hmm. in my journey. Um, 
first coming out here, you kind of just gravitate towards whatever comes at you very quickly. Yeah. Where now I'm more selective and like people that come by and who has an influence on me. Before it would be like, oh, you're an actor or a director or you're in the industry. Like we should link up. We should get to know each other. And that was great. And I got to like now I know almost everybody in this town or at least somebody that knows somebody in this town. Um, but when you are that new and that fresh, people will take advantage of you. And when you're that, when you yearn for that connection so strongly, mm-hmm. you don't really realize or see those red flags. And now looking back and like, and, or once I got my grounding in the city, I could kind of see what they, what their intentions were. And so there were some bad influences that I've had to weed out over the time, but they had their purposes for that moment in my life. Mm-hmm. Sure. Were there any particular projects or directions that you felt like when you got here and you didn't really know anyone that you're getting pulled towards that you're like, oh, that I don't think that's really for me. That's not what I came for. There were there were several projects. Uh, one of my, my acting coach that had brought me out here, he liked doing these one-man shows often or workshop shows. Um, and there was some that... I wasn't sure if I was ready at that time to do. Like, I wouldn't mind doing it in my career. There was this one one woman show that was about a prostitute. Okay. And she was supposed to wear either no clothing or, like, a lingerie. And then the audience was supposed to be, like, within three feet of me. And I'm performing this. So it's not even for, um, like... Video, camera it's, or, yeah, it's, yeah you're it's performing not live that. right in front of people right if the first it was like the second showing of that he did it twice he did it once with one woman in a hotel room at the roosevelt and then he did it once in his studio and that was when i was casted and that one i wasn't sure if that was for me i kind of was getting like the ick with it um i had done that and then that led to a few other projects of his and then at that point i'm like i need to back off because i don't i'm not feeling right about these projects but there was Definitely a couple that I probably should have walked away from, but I didn't. And now they've helped me. They're great. They're really difficult. It's like learning 50 pages of just you talking mm-hmm. and keeping those people captivated. So that's definitely an asset. But at that time, it was a little shady. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, good or bad, it sounds like you learned from those experiences for sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um. Well, talk to me about how you got into screenwriting because, you know, there's a lot of people pursuing acting. Um, they might take like other avenues uh, like uh, modeling or something like that. But um, not a lot of people get into like the creation process of it. So what drew you towards that? And like, how have you managed to like um, remain successful in that field? I never pictured myself to be a screenwriter. There was stories I wanted to tell and I was hoping that I would be able to tell those stories as an actor. And then maybe one day way down the road, I would end up writing. But I never did that. And then when I went through these acting classes, I met um, one of my acting coaches that's also a casting director in Hollywood. And she had, for whatever reason, I must have said something or made a note. She thought I was a writer. Hmm. And so she brought me around um, some of her meetings before we'd go out and like get lunch. And it was at this... Uh, one production company in the hills that her assistant didn't show up. She's she's like, why don't you just sit in? Don't say anything, but like just sit in on this meeting and then we'll go and grab lunch after. And while we were sitting there, the producer that she was meeting with 
was talking and saying that he really wants these books written. He doesn't have time to write these books. And he's swamped with all these scripts he has to write for his production company. And she's like, oh, well, Sarah can write. Like, why don't you just hire her and she'll write for you? And I was not going to make her look like an idiot. And so right. I'm like, yeah, I, I can totally write. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, no problem. <laughs> of course. So that very moment, he's like, great. Like, we'll get together. We're going to start writing. And I'll have you write my book here. And then we'll have you start writing, like, some episodes for my TV show. I'm like, great. Sure. And at that point, at night, I would Google, like, standard script writing. What does interior, exterior mean? How do you write this dialogue? And then I would listen to this producer who was like, he made his living off of writing. People know him for writing. Mm-hmm. So whenever he gave like a hint or like a tip, I would just like jot it down. And then I kind of learned through him because he would read my writing. He's like, okay, this needs to change. Like you probably just like messed up on accident, but this is what it's supposed to be. And I learned how to script write through that. Then I got my other job later on through that same uh, casting director that recommended me. And eventually I told her, like, you know I'm not like not a script writer, right? She had no idea. So I wrote a TV show for her, a talk show for her, um, another one for one of her other friends. And I kind of just learned as I go. Yeah. So so you kind of just got like called to do it. Somebody was like, oh, yeah. And they threw you in the fire and you're just like. <laughs> I can't say no. Yeah. I don't want to make them look like an idiot because I thought at that point she knew I didn't write. She did not. So hmm. it worked out. Yeah. Well, it, so- it sounds like you have a talent for it, especially if being put in that situation and then doing the work and, and learning and, and giving them those things and then continuing to get more work. Shockingly, you know, and- it must have been something I was born with. I had no idea I had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, do you think that your um, your development as an actress and like your practice and study in that, do you think that any of that was like applicable to you learning how to screenwrite? Oh, absolutely. Because as I'm writing, I'm first and foremost, imagining how would I perform this? Okay. And I'll write that out either in directions or in the wording. And then I figure like, okay, so this is how it acted. Well, how would it be shot? So I always say I write as an actor. And mm-hmm. I've worked with other writers that write as directors or write as a traditional writer. Very, There are a lot of actors that write, but very few writers I work with are actors. So okay. it's a very different technique but i know exactly i know how to get into the voices of those characters mm-hmm. probably easier than other people that have not act yeah so so having experience like in the field you know like on on the ground is um has helped you like develop that skill a little bit you'd say mm-hmm. oh absolutely can you tell us a little bit about some of the the projects that you worked on you said that you you wrote a um you, you wrote something for a lady so you wrote a show you wrote a movie one of the the talk shows i worked on um, right before COVID or right after COVID, it's around COVID time, was um, an adult talk show with April Jones. Okay. And it's we did like six episodes and we were working on selling it to a few other um, companies. There was some interest. I, I wasn't head producer for that, so I'm not sure where that got shopped around to. It was a lot of creativity. We had like our structure. I was able to create that structure of that. And our star, April Jones, she was really good about, oh, well, if we said this way and work, she would work with me constantly making sure we would master the lines of why they said what they said and the pattern, the tone of the show. So that was nice because I got to work and write in someone else's voice. 
and not just create a character for that person to match. Mm-hmm. Um, some other sh- movies I've done, I've done uh, Christmas films. I wrote um, raunchy, dark comedies. I've wrote um, true stories of like a father and son. Um, I've had some horror thriller films where there's like multi-personalities or schizophrenic. I really like different stories that humans embody and you don't necessarily know their illnesses or what they were going through, but mm. it kind of is revealed towards the end, the twist. Okay. What is what is your kind of writing process when you're sitting down to write a new story or a new script? What do you what is what is going through your mind? What do you what do you draw from? Yeah. Tell us all your secrets, all your writing <laughs> all secrets. All my writing <laughs> secrets. <laughs> Let's give those away. Um, I I will I'll transition. There's times where I might do some method writing mm-hmm. and become that character in order to get into it, and that's usually only if you like if you were to come to me and say like, "Hey, I want to write a story about baseball," and I don't know anything about baseball, but in order to get into that, I will I will change my diet to a baseball player. I'll start going to get a coach and learn how to base like play baseball i'll do baseball <laughs> clearly i don't do baseball um and I'll, I'll live that life of that kind of player and then once i feel like i've that is my daily life i don't have to think about it so much anymore then i go into like interviews and i'll write down do as much research as i can on that character and that subject uh if it is a story though that's hit and i know that then I kind of take my time. It's usually around like two or three weeks and I stay away from the world and I just write down all my thoughts and go into how I felt at that moment and what was that story and really create that character. It's, of course, usually based off of how I felt and myself in that experience. And then it just starts flowing. Like sometimes you do have to sit on a project. If you want to write a project right away, you want to sit down, but you have writer's block. So sometimes you have to sit for a month or two months until all of a sudden it just hits you. Mm-hmm. It could be in the middle of the night. It could be while you're working. It could be while you're at church or while you are trying to sit and write. But when it once it hits, just like drop what you're doing and really get into it and just let it flow. Even if it's horrible, you can go back. I've gone back multiple times. Yeah. I, th- I think it's really interesting how you said that you kind of almost go like into a method acting persona mm-hmm. to to figure out your script and your and your character is that something you think you draw from just from from being an actor and that training oh yeah i mean i've i've met method writers and they go far into it and that kind of gave me the idea to method write because i've method acted before it never occurred to me that i could transition to that to other art forms to acting um i've I know a couple of directors that will do it as well if it's a subject they're not familiar with. But that helped me a lot with a with my writing, knowing like, oh, I can take all these acting techniques that I've worked on and transition that to writing. And it's pretty much the same thing, except for there's not a camera in my face when I'm doing this. Sure. <laughs> so it's a little more freedom. And I mean, there's normal people in my face when I'm doing it, but there's more freedom to just release and become in that character and live that character. Do you ever feel like you have a hard time to turn it off, you know, at the end of the day? <laughs> when I'm done with a script, yes. Okay. It still takes me time to transition out. And people that are close with me will know it's like, oh, you're acting different. Whether that's me coming out of the character and all of a sudden I'm becoming myself again. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, your, your mood shift. Like there's something different about you right now. Or if it's when I get into that character and they're nosing like, 
something's off with you. Are you okay? Like, is your day okay? What's going on? Um, it's definitely hard to separate the two. And it takes time to almost like wash yourself of that character or wash yourself of you as you get into that character. Do you, ha- do you have like a, a set routine that you kind of go through? You the know, routine when, when you will, finish a project to kind of unwind depending depending on the depending on the story if the darker it is the more i will draw into the people that are very close to me um or i'll go more to church and go back to like my normal standard structure as my life like wake up read my devotionals i go box i go work out and then i'll be with the certain people that are in my friend group and then get back into those auditions. Um, so I'll be very structured to my traditional routine as like Sarah May Agnew. Okay. And when I'm in that character, my routine's very, very loose. I'm not going to stick to that routine necessarily. That's helped me in the past. But every once in a while, you just kind of have to do what you need to do to get out of that. Whatever that may be. Sometimes it's a, a quick vacation. I'll go back home to Michigan, get out of L.A. That helps a lot. Mm. Is is are those same techniques uh, applied? Like you mentioned, writer's block before. Like, uh, what advice do you have for somebody who might have like writer's block, or like, what do you do to get yourself like out of that funk and back onto the um to the script? If I have writer's block, and there's no fun way to get out of writer's block, at least in my experience, is I will write two or three horrible scenes, or maybe I'll write an entire script that's horrible. Interesting. And like something completely different. Well, it will usually be on the on the topic. Okay. Like if I'm writing something about cancer, I'll, and I just cannot get into this, and I'll write it all out, get all my characters, my storyline. I already have like the base story, flow it through, and then once I have it done, if I'm writing with my partner, I'll have him read it, or I'll go back. I'm like, okay, this was garbage, so delete everything, and I'll delete everything, and I'll sit there. I'm like, okay, so like what? what worked well clearly this didn't work so maybe we're going to change this scene to this other scene and we have to add this character in because that wasn't working i have a huge storyboard in my room that has the first act second act second act again third act and i'll rearrange all the scenes and that helps me to know like okay i tried it out the traditional way and what everybody thinks i should have been writing this as didn't work out. So now here's my freedom to do whatever I want to do. And I can just move those note cards all over my wall in order for it to work for what I want to write next. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, you got to be, you got to, as a writer, I think you have to be so organized too in some ways. Like, I'm very organized. Cha- in chaotic, general, maybe, yeah. but in, a, in your own kind of organization. Chaotic organization. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. That's me. Two mm-hmm. T. That's mm-hmm. me. Well, um, I guess tell tell me about that like development because that's a skill within itself uh, to be organized. Like I know um, we've brought it up in several like occasions, being a musician, being a DJ, um, having a library, being organized, like that's kind of like, you know, 80% of the gig. So, you know, how have you developed that skill and like what's, uh, what's that process for you? Creating the skill of like organization and like how I would write. Yeah, that. yeah. Um, I kind of had my own skill set of that like I'm I'm already very OCD and I I think I transitioned that from everything I've done in life where everything's color coordinated three o'clock I do this four o'clock I do this I have receipts of everything and it's all marked and organized but I was able to read a book um, this past year that kind of helped me 
get out of that organizational system of being like such a structure mm-hmm. and transition it a little bit more to like a still structure, but you can change things and be loose called Save the Cat, which is written by um, a writer. And he kind of talked about his structure. I've and read that book, yeah. Have you read that book? Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. true. I didn't, have you read well, that book? I haven't. Was <laughs> who was the author? Save the Cat is... Oh, now I'm blanking on the author. Oh, you're the writer. Save, save the Cat. I'll have to look it up. <laughs> save the Cat. We'll look it up. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know what it is. It's a great book, though. If you, you should read it for sure. He kind of has his structure that he talks about and says, okay, you need to do this, 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 and this. And then really in the end, he's like, but it's okay if you like switch it because it's horrible. That's okay. Like I switch my stuff all the time. I write great things. I write bad things. And he kind of gives you that freedom and to show you how you can do that and transition into the next thought. Yeah, that book is where I I learned the the index card, uh, like having the visual of the board, like the storyboard. That's what I have, uh-huh. all like color coordinated on my wall of all the acts I need. Yeah, yeah, I I kind of created like my own like um like first little story and like having that visual and that breakdown was like really nice because then I was able to you know if I needed to shift things around or like move them like I could it's such like a simple idea but it's like it can be applied to like everything that you like learn how to do too so absolutely yeah do you do you draw a lot when you storyboard or are you mostly kind of scripting things out you know notes and pieces I'm big into like minor notes mm-hmm. like if you go through my phone it would just be random notes and if I don't if I'm not like still on that subject I'll go through like a month later I'm like what on earth was I trying to write I, I do with that this too. like individual phrase it makes no sense but in the moment it's so it was important prolific <laughs> yeah it's so important I have to get this down right then um very few times will I write like pictures or like draw pictures the only time I do that is if I'm trying to actually picture like okay so this is the opening of the movie and I want it to be shot like this and you come in and you zoom in and you tilt this way then I'll draw it out because I don't I'm not a director, so I don't know that proper terminology. So I'll like write it out and then show my friends that are a director. I'm like, how would you film this? Like, give me like the actual terms that you use. And then I'll go back and write it out. Well, it's, it sounds like you're kind of learning both sides of things. So maybe maybe directing's in your in your future. Hmm. Possibly in the future. It's I'm not going to say it's tomorrow, but like it will, it will happen at some point. I'm still I'm very happy mastering writing, acting, producing, but directing one day. That's going to happen. Nice. Awesome. Um, yeah, I actually gave like uh, like storyboarding like uh, like like a try one time. I was like writing little like cartoons and like drawing characters and trying to give them like uh, stories. And I, I think I sent you like a, a script that I worked on you one did. time, of, like yeah. a cartoon, right? Yeah. Like, oh, terrible! I'm sure it was awful. I don't even remember it, but like um, I could find it. Please do. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'll find oh, it. Okay. I'll find it. Or delete it. Or delete so, it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> After I've seen it. <laughs> But um, I, yeah, I can just remember that that process being um, uh, like like very tedious and like you know what you have in your mind is not the easiest to get on paper in a lot of ways. And it's hard to challenge, channel it out. Yeah, and mm-hmm. put it put it into words or put it into visuals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I really admire that you're able to like take your thoughts and like you know, like get them down for someone else to read and interpret as their own, you know, I think that's like a really special skill. Like, what advice do you have for somebody that's like trying to like develop that? Um, Not just for me. I'm not asking just for myself. (laughs) But, um, you know, for for someone who has, uh, you know, something in their head, like, how do you go from in your mind to, to on paper? Like, I know we've talked a little bit about your process, but like, can you give any more like insight on that? 
I would verbally workshop it as much as possible. Okay. And you can start workshopping it with people you know and like your roommate or your girlfriend, your parents, anybody. And talk it out and then they'll say like, oh, that's usually they're going to say like, oh, that's a really good idea even though they don't think it's a great idea. They're going to give you a lot of encouragement, which is great. You need some false encouragement. Sure. And then go out to a public place, whether that be like the the bus stop or coffee shop and ask someone like, oh, like, do you have like two seconds and pitch it to a complete stranger. Hmm. And if you can keep their attention for more than a minute, then it's probably a good story and you can write it then. And if you lose their attention, then they have to go somewhere else. You have to reworkshop that story or restructure it and figure out why are people losing that connection to what you're saying. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah, just like pitching it just to random people, you think. That's mm-hmm. how you can like I'll pitch it to people whether... like Target. Yeah? I'll go there, complete stranger. We're in line or we're in an aisle and they're like glancing at like some vitamins. I'm like, hey, do you have like a second? And they're thinking I want to ask for a question about where something's at all right right <laughs> and i capture them and sometimes i lose their attention sometimes they'll stay there and like, like who, to who is this five. person yeah it's like, oh, they may think i'm crazy she's that gonna might ask be me to thing. donate money or something <laughs> to my volleyball team some people have thought that yes yeah. I, I love that idea though just you know pitching it to a stranger doesn't in the end it doesn't really matter what they think not you're not necessarily going to see him again but I, there's so many people who would not even have the courage to to actually go through and do that yeah yeah it's fear of rejection but mm-hmm. They're going to reject me. That's perfectly fine. By the time they wake up tomorrow morning, they're going to forget the crazy person that talked to them. And I'll forget the crazy person that didn't want to talk to me for yeah. more than a minute. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. So um, you brought up some some actor influences. You said Leo and you said Meryl Streep. Who are some of the, the writers that influence you or, or directors or just storytellers in general? Like, where do you capture like influence from? I really like, and I'm, I'm putting this... It's like a manifestation before he retires. I really like Scorsese. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. his storytelling and like how out there he or he's just so direct and in your face about things. Um, he also has a very great structure with how he wants to film things. And he also gives his freedom to his actors in order to do what they want to do. Now, once you do that as an actor, you have to stick with that for the next 50 takes. Mm-hmm. But he does give you that freedom. And I love his taken his angles and he's very he brings art to every single still on that film yeah i love his work i I do hear a lot of a lot of actors talking about the fact that they he gives them the room and the space to kind of Mm -hmm. create something that's their own and he'll let he'll let them try and you know if it's good it's good if it's not it's not and he'll let you know real quick if it's not good which is fine tell me i'm bad but the fact that they give them the ability to do something else because i write something or if I'm directing something, I have a vision, but everybody is bringing a piece of their vision. And they'll, maybe it's not good. Maybe it's amazing. They'll see something that I don't see in that clip. Or I'm writing it. I write it as me as an actor. Another actor can come in and bring something completely different to the role. I'm like, that's really good. I would have never thought of to put that pause or that twist on that monologue. Yeah, I mean, in a way, that's art. That's, you know, everyone interprets it different. Mm-hmm. Someone could look at the same script and see two different stories that's a beautiful thing with it well let's talk a little bit about like what you're excited for like the next like uh like couple months like um you know can you give us like any any projects that you're working on or like things that you um are looking forward to i'm looking forward to a couple thrillers that we're we're working on right now we um have about three or four written right now 
We're also revamping another one for um, an audio experience. And there's one film specifically, and there's two films specifically that um, were kind of my ideas. And it's a very different take on a very simple subject that I feel like many people in Hollywood have tried to do and try to write about, but it hasn't really hit with the audiences. Mm -hmm. And I think taking this different approach to it is very refreshing and will captivate most of the viewers in ways that people aren't expecting, questions that people haven't asked. So there's two stories that are thrillers that are heavy with me, like strong on my heart that I'm excited about. Cool. And do you have like a favorite like um like like genre? Like you mentioned like drama being like one of your your things, but you're dabbling in like all these different things, comedy thrillers. Um, do you have like a favorite, like something that you're a little bit more drawn to? I'm more drawn to, I would say the, not necessarily the horrors, the thriller. I like stories that are very true, but have a great twist. And that tends to be thrillers. I don't think it has to only be thrillers. I think there are dramas that have great twists. Um, but that's, that's been my draw towards. Um, not unfortunately, fortunately and unfortunately, it is in the horror genre. And I can't do demonic for the life of me. I okay. will not do demonic <laughs> at all. But anything outside of demonic, I absolutely love. I think there's something that everybody can relate to. Everybody's been scared at some point or caught off guard. And I really like tapping into the human mind of that. Yeah. So, so like a psychological like thriller kind of like yes. something that has yeah, like psychological a psychological thriller. It turns around at the end. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Um, coming into L.A. fresh uh, as an actor. And now also being here as a writer, is there any any advice you could maybe offer to someone who doesn't really know anything about, uh, you know, finding an agent in, in either field? I would say if you really want an agent, a good way to do that is networking, is also doing those. They have like showcases and it, it might cost like 30 bucks, 40 bucks, 50 bucks. And they'll have you do a scene or a monologue and they invite all these agents and that's a great way to be like seen by all these different agents, um, not necessarily sign with them. You can sign with them, which is great, but at least that they're seeing you and throughout the years, they will recognize you if they like your work and see your transformation as an actor um, you, or even as, as a writer. Like you can do workshops with writing or put your work into um, these competitions where people will see your writing if you want to get that agent. I don't think it's necessarily important to get that agent right away. Mm -hmm. I've learned quickly. I've had some very poor agents where they just sign me and then they try to take that 10% of no matter what I earn. Sure. And most of them, most of my past agents, not all, but most of my earlier agents didn't submit me. Or if they did submit me, it would be like one thing. I get all my auditions. So I think it's important to... Don't focus so much on old Hollywood and how people used to work in Hollywood because that's not how Hollywood is anymore. Mm -hmm. hmm. You will need an agent at some point. But when you need that agent, I promise you there's going to be an agent knocking they'll, they'll on your door. They're going to be there because yeah. there's going to be a paycheck. You're going to have that big role that you need an agent to look over those contracts. And you will find an agent within seconds that will do that because all they have to do is look over the contract for you. You already did the hard work for them. So I wouldn't worry too much about an agency. Focus on your craft. If you do feel like you need an agent, go for it. But either way, I would go out there and do the showcases and put your writing out in the competition so they can get to know you and they see your name and they're going to remember your name. So once it pops up again, they're like, oh, yeah, I've seen their work. They're they're amazing. 
yeah, I'll for sure sign with you. The putting in the work, having the content, and getting your stuff out there, like that's what you would lean toward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very important. You, you kind of said about, about old Hollywood, new Hollywood. From what it sounds like, you've, you've landed a lot of things and opportunities just from your connections and kind of being in the room and in the right place, being around the right people. Do you feel like that's kind of part of the new system and, and networking? I, at least in my journey, I would say that is a huge piece in that. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of work. And I'm not saying everybody should do this. Like everybody should be properly paid for their work. I did a lot of work for free thinking I'm learning. Sure. And I can support myself this way so I can take the time out in order to lend my services and then learn on my way. I understand that everybody can do that. When I did that, as I was learning, I got the connections as well. People would see like, oh, this person, they mess with Sarah. Like they're cool with Sarah. They're bringing Sarah into the room. If they're cool with her, she's going to be cool with us. And then I made those connections. They might die down, but two years later, you see them at something or they pop up on Instagram and they recognize you. They remember you. Mm-hmm. Hollywood's very small. Yep. So when they see your name or they see your face, they're going to remember you. And that's that's helped me in the past. Anytime I've gotten to a room and they're like, oh, you know, so-and-so. I'm like, of course I know so-and-so. Like, I've done this and this. And... Everybody works with everybody. So don't burn bridges, put in the work. And I think it's personally, I think it's okay in order to put your dues in first mm-hmm. and then get it back later. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, it's mm-hmm. uh, can be a great way and also to make a good impression with people just showing up, uh, being willing to work, willing to learn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool, Sarah. So uh, where can everybody like find you at? Like um, give us some uh, some socials. Where can we see some of your work? You can find me at Sarah May Agnew on Instagram. And I also have IMDb, which is all my uh, social media is everything is Sarah May Agnew. So thankfully, as of right now, I'm the only Sarah May Agnew you will find. All right. Perfect. And you Google that. That's me. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks for being here on the podcast with us. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. This was great.